I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to AI Audible, the new narrated article podcast from the Anfield Index podcast channel. The Magnificent Seven, How Liverpool Trounced Spartak by Hamza Khalid Lunat. Since September, in our match analyses, we've concluded more often than not that Liverpool's performances have warranted better scorelines, that the underlying performances have actually been rather good, even despite the growing discontent with Jurgen Klopp's side through October as the team struggled, with a particular low point against Spurs, and even into November as Liverpool conceded late on to Chelsea, familiar angry voices from last season's winter rut emerged. After 32 goals in 9 games, I have one question for the naysaying supporters before we get stuck into the game itself. Are you happy now? Indeed, Liverpool are now the joint second highest scorers in Europe's top 5 leagues, with 62 goals joint with Manchester City, 7 clear of Bayern, 8 clear of Barcelona, 9 clear of Real Madrid, but 13 behind PSG. Liverpool shaped up in what Klopp described as a 4-4-1-1, with Coutinho and Mane out wide, Chan and Wijnaldum holding the midfield, and what an excellent but underappreciated job they did, and have done when playing in a two, with Firmino and Salah up top. What then does this 4-4-1-1 offer to Liverpool? Well, when in possession, Liverpool effectively have a 3-3-4, as one of the fullbacks pushes up, often Moreno, who even goes beyond the forwards at times. And the sheer number of offensive players overwhelms opposition sides. The graphic above, though, shows a system that is more akin to a 4-2-4, and that does not reflect the impression given when Liverpool played with the ball. However, without the ball, the two lines of the 4-4 was clear with Firmino and Salah rotating or dropping from the front. That being said, Liverpool only had 52.6% of possession. How then did they dominate so aggressively without the ball? Much of this comes down to the way Liverpool attacked. Instead of probing at Spartak through controlled possession and slow build-up in their half, Liverpool gave Spartak greater room to play in, as they like to do. What this did was draw out the Spartak players and create greater spaces between each of them as they set themselves up to retain possession and work their way up the field. It was these spaces that Liverpool exploited, not through passing into them, but rather directly running into them. The virtue of running into advanced spaces is that it forces opposition sides back immediately, as players desperately attempt to arrange themselves in a cohesive defensive unit, whilst also trying to adapt to an attack at speed. 
Attacking in this manner, as we saw in the second goal, is no simple matter though. It's not as if Liverpool's forwards all sprinted at once into the box. Intelligent movement is crucial to make incisive attacks, such as the ones we saw throughout the evening. The second goal exemplifies this perfectly. The point at which Mane releases the through ball to Salah in the centre, Firmino is ahead and to the right of Salah, and Coutinho is on the left flank, but deeper than Mane. Through occupying different horizontal and vertical positions on the pitch, there's a great deal more variance within Liverpool's passing options. For instance, if Coutinho were on the same horizontal line as Firmino when Salah receives the ball, he would likely have been picked up by a defender, or at the very least would not have been able to make the late run that he did, and would instead be in a static position waiting for the ball. Salah and Firmino, through being advanced, draw most of the attention away from Coutinho, while Salah's direct run down the centre attracts the Spartak player supposed to be watching Firmino, giving him the time and space to pick out a pass for Coutinho's late run. Liverpool's third is the product of pace and opportunism, but also positioning. And this is where we can really credit Klopp's formation too. Mane's press and subsequent drive with the ball is of such pace that by the time the Spartak players are in a position to close him down fully, he's already at the edge of the box. Salah's pace has meant that he has lost his marker, and his mere presence as a player targeting the far post puts off the Spartak centre-back who handles the ball, only for Firmino, positioned as a classic poacher, to finish with a plum. Liverpool's fourth is a similar approach to Firmino's against Brighton. What the Liverpool forwards do is compact the Spartak line. On the ball side, with a number of players, Coutinho, Firmino and Salah, attempting runs into the box, as Milner pulls the wide man, making space inside of him, and between the centre-backs, as the full-back moves out to cover the wide player. Firmino and Salah in particular draw the attention of the Spartak defenders and push them back into their six-yard box, allowing Mane to steal in, unnoticed and unmarked, with a two-metre radius of space around him to volley home from. Liverpool's fifth and Coutinho's third was less of a counter-attacking goal, but a well-worked slick and fast passing move. The passing interplay and positioning is key here. Coutinho starts deep, out wide, with Milner hugging the touchline ahead of him, and Firmino sitting in the half-space between the Spartak defence and midfield. As the ball goes into Firmino, Coutinho starts his run, towards and eventually past where Firmino is positioned. Firmino realises this and tries to make space for Coutinho to run into, through playing the ball into Milner and dragging his marker over towards the left side of the box. Coutinho exploits the channel between the fullback and the centre-back, something which the team does not do enough in games where it dominates possession because of a lack of intelligent movement and positioning ahead of the ball. Liverpool's sixth is similar to the fourth, and again, it's positioning and pace which undoes Spartak. In this instance, Sturridge occupies the wide position, and he holds it, allowing for Mane to slip in as the defenders attempt to move over and take the ball from Sturridge. There's little to be said about Liverpool's seventh that has not already been touched upon in terms of approach. And whilst the attention is rightly on the forwards, we should not forget the quiet but efficient work of Chan and Wijnaldum in midfield, whose positioning allowed the forwards to break and flourish. Chan himself has 90 touches to Wijnaldum's 64, whilst Chan made 77 passes 
and Wijnaldum made 53, one of which was a key pass. But it was Liverpool's direct approach on the ball that won the game, and this is reflected in the dribbling statistics, with Salah making five successful dribbles, Coutinho three, and Firmino and Mane with two apiece. Liverpool were only able to dribble into space because of a remarkable pressing and tackling effort, which enabled quick breaks. Fundamental to a press is that all players contribute, and the figures reflect this too, with Coutinho 3, Firmino 1, Chan 2, Wijnaldum 2, and Mane 4, all making tackles, whilst Milner's contribution, 3 tackles, 3 key passes, and 3 assists, was simply remarkable. Not only did Liverpool take 17 shots and score 41% of them, but the team is finally beginning to play the percentages and instead of taking a large proportion of shots from outside the box, is taking shots from areas with high XG, such as the 6-yard box, 12% of all shots, and inside the 18-yard box, 65% of all shots. What this game shows more than anything is that Klopp is certainly getting it right and is illustrating his and the team's tactical flexibility and ability to play in a different manner. Contrary to popular opinion, Liverpool's bad patch of form earlier on in this season appears just that, with results now reflecting the performance and the quality put in by the side. The team is free-scoring, brimming with confidence and a joy to watch. For me, the game only served to underline Firmino's importance to this side, but also that he performs even better with a forward alongside him, something I hope to see more often. But even more pleasing is to see how well the team played under pressure when they had to win. This by no means signals the end of nervy games for Liverpool fans, but for the players, this should be an experience, like the Villarreal Europa League semi-final, that they should draw upon and learn from when under the cosh. The derby poses a different problem for Liverpool though, as Allardyce will no doubt make the Everton side much more organised and difficult to break down. The question for Klopp is how he will manage the team in terms of rotation and system. Bearing in mind this is just one of a slew of oncoming fixtures. He has already confirmed Henderson will play, but the same way that this 4-4-1-1 brings the best out of Wijnaldum, it may too do the same for Henderson. So it shall be interesting to see if Klopp sticks with the 4-4-1-1 or reverts to the 4-3-3, which did so well in big games last season. Liverpool really are flying now, but they still have ground to make up on Chelsea and United, and keeping an eye on the table now is rational, as we are soon to hit the halfway point of the Premier League season. As always though, whilst this was a fantastic performance, and so too was the previous one against Brighton, we should be aware that there's still room for improvement from the side, but also that any short-term setbacks should be regarded as such, as what we've seen in the past two and a half seasons is steady growth that is manifesting itself in occasionally brilliant performances. With time, we should be seeing these sorts of performances more frequently. <laughs> Well, there you have Hamza's take on a very impressive Champions League win, which clinched qualification for the knockout stages. And of course, that is a high point for all of us who follow the Reds, especially if you're particularly fond of Europe like this particular Irish man is. I couldn't be happier to see us back where we need to be in that massive competition in the knockout stages, playing against the big teams. We had a debate on the Anfield Index podcast that is clearly a plug and that is clearly me telling you you should listen to it. It will always be free. It features myself and Carl Kopic and Cam Branch talking about everything. And it's a lovely, lovely show and you really should listen to it. But that's just beside the point. Anyway, we spoke on that 
last one about whether you would prefer a big team now in the last 16 or you would rather get one of the apparently slightly weaker teams and the opinion was split I have to say between us all um I was kind of on the cautious well let's play the big teams at the end um and let's make some progress and there was another opinion from Carl I think which was uh, well let's just bring them on let's play whoever and I can see merits in both because I do think a big win in this next round would absolutely galvanize this team I think it would give uh, all of those players who are obviously playing with such passion and belief and skill as highlighted here by Hamza in his article it would give them an added little dose of belief as well that they can do it against anybody and who knows where that might take us over the second half of the season Thank you for listening to AI Audible. You can read this episode's article along with many others on AnfieldIndex.com. You can download our AI channel app on iOS and Android. And you can find all our AI Audible episodes on Twitter at AI Audible and on AnfieldIndex.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.